Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. Oh, oh wow. I kind of thought it might really be full today. said the healer might be here, that Jesus guy. You know, our synagogue can hold a few, but wow. Oh, excuse me. Oh, they're here. Oh, my goodness. I, I hear they follow him around. I mean, it's like three days from Jerusalem, the, 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 the Sanhedrin. Yep. They reserved the front for them. That's, that's where they sit. Oh, my. Maybe he's going to be here today. Maybe. maybe. Can I have a, Thank you. Oh. Wow. This place is like packed. It's a little hot too, but I'm glad I made it. Got a, got a seat. That kid's staring at me. Sometimes kids stare at me. Hope that they get to see it. You know what? I don't even like to see it. For the most, I just, I just keep it tucked in my robe. Adults stare too. I think they just want to get a glimpse. It's him. It is him. Oh my goodness. I didn't know if he'd be here. I mean, He's had some run-ins with the, that Sanhedrin group. I mean, they've gotten into it, and I didn't know if he'd come today or not, but he's heading up to the front. Wow. What did he say? Why is everybody looking at me? What? No. You want me up there? Excuse me. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I hate being the center of attention. I'm next to him. And he looks, he looks a little perturbed. What did, what did he just say? Oh, he's talking to them. He's talking to the Sanhedrin. He's talking to those leaders. He said, is it appropriate on a Sabbath day to do good and to do harm, to bless and to heal or to do damage? I can't hear them. They're, they're whispering. They're not saying anything. They're not saying a thing. Whoa. It's like, I can feel it. He's so angry. Oh, no. He wants to see it. No. No. He wants me to stretch out my hand. 
I haven't seen it look like that in years. It had just shriveled almost to nothing. Oh my goodness, listen to the crowd, the praise. Oh my goodness, right, right here in our little synagogue, right here, a miracle. Whoa. They're storming out. I can't believe it. That, that group that, that came all the way from Jerusalem, they're, they're storming out. Oh, but my hand. I haven't worked in years because of my hand. I can feel it. I can use it. Listen to everybody. They're praising the healer. This wasn't an ordinary day. Certainly not for me. I wanted to take a bit of liberty today. As I've read the story that we're going to read from Mark's gospel multiple times over the past number of weeks, I tried to take and put myself in this man's heart. What must it have been like for him to walk in on this day? But this message was put together based on some thoughts that I read over the past several weeks in a devotional book that I'm personally reading that was written by George Wood. And I'm going to actually share those thoughts with you a little bit later in the message. But right now, let's go to God's Word and let's read the story as Mark records it in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Shriveled is my message title today, and it will be obvious as we read the text. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Now, the Greek word that was chosen for shriveled or withered, depending on your translation, and the New Living calls it deformed, but actually the Greek, it's, it's a shriveling, it's a, it's a, it's a withering, um, indicates that he was not born this way. The specific Greek word that was used is that this happened to him after he was potentially older. So most people believe that he probably had uh, an injury or maybe a disease, I personally think probably an injury, that caused this hand to become useless and to shrivel. Now, a hand that becomes useless doesn't immediately shrivel. It takes a while for the muscles to deteriorate, for the, for the flesh to begin to sag, for it just to remain useless and then shriveled. And so I believe that what took place took place probably years before this incident in the synagogue, but that's my personal belief. Now, Luke tells us, when Luke records this story in his gospel, that it was his right hand. More than likely, his ability to earn an income, his ability to earn a living, was totally removed. Doesn't say he was a beggar, so maybe he was able to help on a job site, or, or there were some others that were helping to support him. But he had a shriveled hand, and as I did the little skit, I, 
I had him hiding the hand. You know, when you have something in your life, some physical deformity like that, a lot of times we want to hide it. We don't want children or other people looking at it or, or maybe somebody, uh, you know, asking what happened over and over and over again. And so this is my personal opinion. I just think that he probably walked around with the hand inside of his robe so that it didn't draw attention to itself. Let's continue reading the text now. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up front. Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? Now he's talking to the leaders now. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. In the middle of a miracle, what did they choose to do? They chose to lead and begin to plot how to kill Jesus. Quote is coming up on the screen. This is the statement that George Wood made in his book, Fearless, How Jesus Changes Everything. Listen to what he said. I wonder how many people who love Jesus today come regularly for worship at the appointed time, but for whom something in their lives has shriveled. Perhaps you never have had a shriveled hand, but instead have a shriveled, have, have had shriveled emotions, shriveled ambitions, shriveled longings, or shriveled relationships. I think that's a powerful statement. In my years of pastoral ministry, this is now my third lead pastor position. I was an associate at one other church. But in my years of pastoral ministry, I have run across or read stories of people who have been shriveled in various areas of their life. As I look at my own life, I think of a lady once that I knew at a church, sweet lady, but have you ever been around a person that looks like they're ready they're, they're almost ready to cringe at anything that's said to them. They walk around with this air of, of insecurity as if, as if well, let me put it this way, and maybe this will make sense to you, I'm not sure. Have you ever been around a dog that's been beaten and how they are just afraid of any kind of close contact? That's the impression I got of her. I never knew what had taken place in her life or in her childhood, but it almost seemed like she walked around just cowering just a bit. She found Jesus. She loved Jesus. But something inside of her shriveled. I think about my own life. Um, for those of you who don't know me very well, I am a recovering perfectionist and still lean more towards perfection than I do to recovery. But that's a whole other story. But the interesting thing is, in my childhood, and this is where it became difficult and frustrating, 
If I started to do something and I couldn't do it perfect, I was doing a drawing and just wasn't what I wanted, I tore it up and stopped. If I was trying to maybe construct something or build something and it just wasn't going well, I'd smash it with the hammer. To the point that it got to where it was better for me and easier for me not to try because I knew I couldn't get it right. I couldn't get it perfect. Something inside of me, high standards were given. Did I have abilities? Yes. Did I have you know, a, a decent mind? Yes. But, but sometimes when those high standards are put upon you and it, it's never good enough unless it's an A+, it's never good enough unless you do as well as some other person in your class. It's never good enough unless this. All of a sudden, you start living with it's never good enough, and so therefore you stop trying. At least that's how I did it. Because there were things in my life that had shriveled. Someone who's been sexually abused as a child often has a part of their life that is shriveled. And as, they, as their relationships develop and as they move towards marriage and intimacy, sometimes they avoid relationships because they just can't go there because there's a part of them that is shriveled. Or if they do go into marriage, they're not able to have the relationship with their husband or their wife that they would like because there's been this woundedness, there's been this injury, this internal injury, and a part of them has shriveled. And what they hoped marriage would be or what they hoped marriage might fix remains, and they're shriveled. Shriveled maybe by shame, Shriveled by guilt, shriveled by the impact of our own sin, shriveled by the impact of someone else's sin, shriveled by the loss of a dream. So many ways men and women become shriveled. She always wanted to become a mom, this lady that I knew. She always wanted to become a mom. It was her dream. She married a little bit later in life. Her husband was a little bit older. Not, not, not ancient, not in their 50s. No, not at all. They were, they were still quite young. But after they married, they waited for the career to get settled and for their finances to be settled. And then they began the process of trying to have children. Months went by, and then several years went by. Finally, for any couple that finds themselves having a difficulty in having children, they went to the local medical doctor and the specialist and found out that they would be unable to have children. And so they accepted that and then went and started to find out what the process of adoption would be for them because they wanted to adopt an infant. She wanted to be a mom. That was her dream from young. And because of the time that they waited before marriage and then the time that they waited to establish a career and then the time that went by as they tried to have a baby 
naturally, they found out that the adoption agency wouldn't even consider them for an infant. And once again, the dream shattered. And I found out the details of this story early in my ministry on a specific Mother's Day. Well, it was after Mother's Day. Because this individual just said to me, and I, I did not know their story. I did not understand a, a number of things. But she said this. She said, Mother's Day is the hardest day of the year for me to go to church. And this was a church-going family, so they went. But she said, for me to walk in the door on Mother's Day, to watch mothers be honored and prayed for, to, to think what I had wanted for my life and I couldn't have it. She said, it's the hardest day of the year. I force myself, I force myself to be in church on Mother's Day. Because every year it brings up the feelings of the dreams that have died. See, shriveled emotions, shriveled ambitions, shriveled longings, shriveled relationships, shriveled dreams. Maybe for somebody listening today, you might have been a girl who the boys made fun of. And the girls made fun of at school because of some physical issue, such as weight, or maybe you were a boy. The girls made fun of and laughed. And other, ma other boys made fun of because maybe you had bigger ears or a larger nose or some other physical issue. And years of this causes them to shrivel on the inside while putting a hardened exterior on to avoid being hurt again. And no matter how much the parents would encourage inside, they're still shriveled. And even after they outgrow the issue, they still see themselves as fat or ugly or not as handsome or pretty as others. They're shriveled. Maybe somebody listening today was betrayed by a spouse, fiance, a best friend, a co-worker, a leader, a Christian, even a pastor. And the betrayal caused you to become gun-shy of relationships, hesitant to get into another relationship. There's a part of you that's shriveled. Ambitions, dreams die, guilt, shame, hurt. In one sense, I'm probably talking to all people. I don't know there's anybody that can go through life today without having a part of themselves that shrivels. And what do we do? Where do we go? The man in the story got a touch from Jesus. And I'm going to encourage you to look to receive a touch from Jesus today. There was a song that was written a number of years ago. I still remember the lyrics, probably because the song ministered to me. The first verse and the chorus are coming up on the screen. It was by a lady by the name of Linda Randell. It was called Give Them All to Jesus. And if you're as old as I am or older, you probably remember it. But the words go like this. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shattered 
dreams of your life and at the feet of Jesus lay them down. Give them all. Give them all. Give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken toys. Give them all. Give them all. Give them all to Jesus. And he will turn your sorrow into joy. That first part of the chorus, shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken What's shattered? What's shriveled? What's wounded? What still hasn't been fully healed? When the man with the shriveled hand was fully healed, his hand was fully functional. When we receive the healing from Jesus, and it may not happen instantly that we become fully functional, but there is a growth in it. One of my points today, and there is a note sheet, there's there's no fill-ins this morning, just some statements, and here's one of them, two of them actually. We don't know how the man's arm became shriveled, and it didn't matter. Jesus still healed. Was it shriveled because he was involved in something he should have been? Was he drunk when he got injured? Was it because of someone else's irresponsibility on the job site that he got injured? Was it because the disease hit his body that his hand got shriveled? It didn't matter. Jesus didn't accuse him for having a shriveled hand. He just said, stretch it forward. And I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how your life got shriveled. Jesus wants to touch you and can still heal you as you come to him. It doesn't matter if your inner life is shriveled because you made some incredibly poor choices. It doesn't matter if your inner life is shriveled because some other people made some incredibly poor choices. It doesn't matter if the part of you that is shriveled happened for no one's fault. It just happened. What does matter is Jesus wants to touch and can still heal you as you come to him. Now I'm going to come to the hard part of the message. I've been wrestling with these thoughts for a number of weeks and months. Didn't know when I was going to get to share them, but it seemed appropriate on this Mother's Day. Jesus asked the man to do a very brave thing. A man who probably didn't want people looking at him as as I tried to dramatize it. A man who would keep his shriveledness hidden. A man who didn't like people looking at him probably found a place to sit in the synagogue that was as far away from people looking at him as any place else. And so he's sitting, he's trying to remain kind of unseen. The way sometimes... We are. And then Jesus does something to him that just, I believe, rocked his world. He says, come up here. Now, I've, I've called for volunteers before, and I know how your hearts leap. When I walk down that aisle, 
and I want to bring you up on stage. People don't like to be in front of other people. People with a deformity, especially a physical deformity, don't like to be in front of other people unless they've really worked through a lot of things. But people who have an inner deformity, something that has shriveled on the inside, the one thing you don't want to do is say, or have somebody say, come up here. But I think that it's important for some of us to take a step of faith and to move towards the master. And then Jesus told him something else. Stretch out your hand. In that moment, everybody could see how badly deformed he was. But a moment later, they saw immediately how the hand was healed. I am of this opinion that many of us still have areas of our heart that are still shriveled because it is difficult for us to bring them out. We want to keep it hidden. We don't want anybody to know what happened to us as a child. We don't want to know how deeply the words that were spoken to us about something physically about us got deep in our hearts. We don't want people to know the shame that we feel when we think about what we did that impacted us and shriveled us. We don't like even to think about the situation of the rejection or the abuse. We don't like to think about it, let alone talk about it. But if inside there is a part of you that is shriveled, that is not emotionally whole, is not spiritually whole, that you still wrestle with deep feelings. Remember, I said I'm a recovering perfectionist. I am better. Because not that I have worked super hard not to be a perfectionist. I have worked to have Jesus heal the brokenness inside that drove me to be perfect, to never be wrong. Which required a few things. One was... I had to bring my woundedness out for others to see. Now, because I'm very comfortable, I can let you all see it. We can laugh about it, or I think we laugh about it. Now, the staff, maybe they don't laugh about it because they say, yeah, <laughs> recovering perfectionist. No, he's a perfectionist. He just tells you he's a recovering perfectionist. And then I tell the staff, you should have seen me before. But it doesn't mean I'm totally whole yet. But because of what I've been able to move through, I can speak more openly about some of these things. But I'm not asking you to just share with the world. That man, for the reason of Jesus knew he was going to heal and Jesus was making a point about the Sabbath, he was put on display, but so was the power of Jesus put on display. What I am going to be asking, because I believe that this is what the Lord wants you to do. So I'm going to ask that 
you expose it to someone, a trusted individual, a trusted friend, a counselor, a pastor, and begin to unpack the story. If it's kept in the darkness, the light can't penetrate it. And Jesus is the light. He says, I am the light of the world. We don't know how the man's arm became shriveled. It didn't matter. Jesus still healed. It doesn't matter how your life got shriveled. Jesus wants to touch and can still heal you. Bear with me for a second. There's some folks that I feel I need to talk to on the other side of that camera. There's some of you watching today, this Mother's Day, that you could really relate to the story that I told about how difficult it is to attend church on Mother's Day. And right there in your house, I'd like to encourage you to look to the Savior. Maybe examine your life or maybe even ask him, what is it that is shriveled that makes it difficult for you to come on Mother's Day? Have you lost your mother? Have you not been able to have children? Did you have a difficult relationship with your mother? Maybe you're a mom who you're having a terrible time with your children right now or with your adult children. The good news is Jesus wants you to stretch yourself out to him. For those of you that are here in the building, what's Jesus saying to you? The team is going to return to the platform right now. I'm going to pray over you as they're coming. Would you be willing to say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm shriveled if you don't know. And if, you, if he doesn't show you anything, don't worry about it. But I'm more concerned that most of us have an idea of where we're shriveled. We need the Holy Spirit to show us what to do. By your heads, by your hearts, Holy Spirit, you desire that we, your people, do not live with a part of our life shriveled. Many of us, can, we're surviving, we're getting by with this area of our life not being fully formed or whole, with that woundedness that is there, that sense of rejection, that, that brokenness that we have. But Lord, we don't have to live that way. We can live in a new fullness. And I pray that you would show us, Holy Spirit, what we need to do, who we need to speak to, how we need to respond to you based on what you have shown us today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.